I'm okay if this is the longest hour in the history of the show. Because, number one, I'm sitting outside. I'm protected from the rain, and I'm at the trails for the Norman Board of Realtors annual golf tournament. And number two, I've got to take my car back after the show. I don't want to give it back, Josh. I want to go home. I want to go home. I'm glad the speaker here is uh, right by me, <laughs> too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I feel like I'm there. <laughs> I love Alex. Are you, are you right by the first tee? Uh, no, no, no. So just a real quick for those of you outside of the Norman area or those that haven't been to the trail, uh, trails, they have a deck that's set up around uh, their uh, clubhouse, uh, their, their bar, their restaurant, and you, you walk upstairs. So I'm just sitting outside. I might have to get a jacket, though. It's cold. If you start hearing me shiver or anything, I, I apologize. But welcome into Hour 3 of the Plank Show. Um, there is a little breaking news today, right? The It looks like Tyron Matthew is now officially a loss. What I say? Look at me. A New Orleans Saints? A member of the New Orleans Saints, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good pickup for them. I, I I thought the Honey Badger was a big part of Kansas City's success over the last, you know, however many seasons, four seasons or whatever, that he's been in KC. And we're going to see if Reed from Houston and these draft picks, if that's going to work for Kansas City. For New Orleans, man, I I love it for them. I mean, assuming that there's still tread on those tires, I think that was part of the concern in KC was that he was kind of getting to that age where – because, listen – Tyron Matthews, somebody that'll come downhill and apply a hit on somebody, and you worry a little bit about that, the wear and tear. Mm. All right, well, you ready to do the top five stories of the day? That's a yes from me. That, right. of, that of course, was uh, implied. Uh, the top five stories of the day, as is our three, are presented by the good people at Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Josh, how do we reach out? And call our guy Josh over at RoofTech. Oh, that is simple, and thank you for asking. Call Josh Tucker at RoofTech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 30 years, 405-703-4245 for all of your roofing needs, and they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. All right, let's go. Big story number five. Number five. So there's been so much going on today on the program. We opened up with this story involving – Pit wide receiver and Blitnikoff Award winner Jordan Addison uh, in the first segment. Got a lot of your tweets on the air com- or texts on your Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or on Twitter. Uh, you can hit us up too at Plank Show Josh on Rep. But the story goes as this: Addison has not yet entered the transfer portal, but according to multiple reports, he is already being offered a multi-million dollar name, image, and likeness deal to leave the Panthers. And according to reports out there, it's USC where he's going to land. Now, again, I, this is probably just one of those man NIL out of control stories in Oklahoma. If it doesn't involve Lincoln Riley, since it involves USC and Lincoln Riley, it takes it to another level. And I I think we don't know where this is going. I think at the core of it, if Jordan Addison said, or, 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 let me rephrase, I'm not even going to put Jordan Addison in this. As a wide receiver, 
who lost his quarterback to the first round, right, and maybe, you know, doesn't feel like he's had as many opportunities to profit off his name, image, and likeness after winning a major award, it would completely make sense that you would want to throw your name in the transfer portal and see what's out there, right? I have no problem with that. It makes sense. The problem is that a deal is already out there for you before you even enter the portal. And some might say, but with the collectives, isn't that the case at just about every school? You're right. You're right. You know. But it's not being thrown out to you where it says, hey, you get in that portal, all right, we've got this for you. I, and maybe we're having a battle of semantics here, Josh. Maybe Jordan Addison just should have jumped into the portal. Everyone is a big Pat Narduzzi fan now because the pit coach apparently was on the phone calling Lincoln Riley and mad about the uh, enticement that was there from USC. I said it earlier. I don't know much about Oklahoma's recruitment of him. I don't know if there was a tie with Dennis Simmons or some relationship at USC. You know, you add to it for, for Addison that his offensive coordinator also left. So it would make a lot of sense if he wants to go. But, Josh, this becomes a headline story because of the appearance that USC is trying to pull a guy into the portal and then offering him a massive NIL deal. Yeah. That's where the rub is. Well, and we know all too well around here that Lincoln Riley was trying to pull Oklahoma players into the portal when he took the job at USC. So he's slimy with the way that he's going about this. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, there's, there's no getting around that. And I think Lincoln Riley's a heck of a football coach, and I think he did some nice things at the University of Oklahoma. But until somebody comes and, you know, cracks down a little bit here, Lincoln Riley's going to – he's going to push these boundaries. And you know what? He, he's not alone in doing this. It's just very clear and obvious that he's taking this approach. And quite frankly, that's disappointing for the sport. Good for Jordan Addison. Hey, if you can go make a bunch of cash, I'm all for that. But the – intention of this was not to pry talented players away from their schools with pay for play it was hey if you want to enter the transfer portal you're no it's not as restrictive as it used to be and with name image and likeness it was hey you can profit off your name image and likeness so it's a different direction obviously than what it was intended i will say this one thing that I'm kind of enjoying about name, image, and likeness. Go ahead. Just going back to the Miami Hurricanes situation and Nigel Pack and <laughs> Isaiah Wong coming out and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm about to leave. I'm going to hop in the transfer portal. We are seeing some players realize, huh, huh. maybe I'm not quite as valuable <laughs> as I thought I was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Others are like, hey, I'm, I, I am. Others are like, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Um but we'll see how this one plays. I, I don't have a magical um, diatribe against USC or the NCAA or anyone right now. Um, everyone always says, well, there's this is just how it's going to be. No, there's going to be more bumpers, guardrails, however you want to use it. But as it stands right now, people are going to take advantage of it. And I think the first thing that Lincoln Riley – Dennis Simmons, Brian Odom, and all those guys realized when they got to USC was they didn't have any players. And I know it's funny I say that, and USC uh, four years ago had the fifth-ranked recruiting class in the country, but 
none of them have really panned out. So they're going to do whatever they can. I Okay, can, can I add one more layer to this? And you tell me, because I, I don't like to lament Lincoln. I Like I said, always treated me well. I love this family. But he left. And so to me, when you leave, you're gone. It's the Vince McMahon theory. Want you to stay around? You want to go? Great. Bye. We're going to replace you. Someone's going to be really damn good. And guess what? Got a really good coach. And Brent Venables is crushing it in everything he's doing in creating a culture and a level of expectation. And I couldn't be happier. Spent a long, long time on Saturday, Josh, uh, when this story brought, uh, broke. I'm texting with a few friends, one of them who used to work at Oklahoma. And their point to me was there was a constant frustration within members of the staff with how everything everything was going to be done by the book at Oklahoma. And I know for fans it's been a level of frustration, right? You've started to create rumors that there was a um, – Gosh, what's it called, the people that, that enforce the rules? Why do I always forget? Compliance. What that Thank you. There's a compliance officer at practice that tells them when they need to stop. All right, time's up. Yeah. Time's I mean, up. I don't know how that rumor got started, but it did. Um, and, and it wasn't even about that. I think it was more about recruiting where people would get mad. And the theory was that a handful of people on the staff realized they needed to be somewhere where they could be a little bit more loose with the rules to have the success that they want. And maybe that's a major draw. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't want to believe that. But this is blatant. If it's what happened, if it's as being reported, it's blatant. And you can try to have Pete Thamel, who has become the mouthpiece for the Williams family, come out and say, well, Caleb had a childhood friendship with it. No, no, just we're not dumb. You're offering a lot of money to come there. The only rule that is there for an IL. It's not supposed to be enticement, and we're basically basically giving it the bird. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, by the way, someone asked on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, did anyone else enter the portal? Yes. Uh, we had Cody Jackson enter the portal for OU last week, and Nathan Rawlings Kabanje uh entered the portal this weekend too. Any idea where we think NRK is going to wind up? I don't know. I, Somewhere my, back west. Maybe. Maybe. I don't – you know, maybe LSU. Maybe Jamar Kane goes to Brian Kelly and says, I brought this guy in at Oklahoma. Um, he had a year to learn what I want. He's an athletic freak. Let's get him. To me, every time I saw him, he was hurt. Every time I, he got hurt during the spring game, he was walking around on a hobbled ankle. So, I, I again, I don't know. I, I don't know as far as landing spots. I would think Cody Jackson, if he hasn't announced, I think San Jose State might be an interesting landing spot for him uh, unless he ends up somewhere like USC. I don't know. But the Cody Jackson transfer just makes zero sense to me. Unless Jeff Levy or Kale Gundy said, listen, you're, you're going to have to battle and you're not going to be guaranteed anything. But you would think for a guy that went through so much last year that he would welcome an opportunity to have a chance. But, no, those are the – those are the two that have entered the portal so far from Oklahoma that I know of. Because isn't today the date, or was was Sunday the deadline? Wasn't the May 1st when you had to be in by? That sounds right, yeah. So, two. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. All right, big story number four. 
Number four. All right, from last night's NBA playoffs, I want you to play Guess the Network, Josh. You're right. We haven't played this game in a while. No. Uh, It's been a minute, but as I was driving, I was listening to the end of the Memphis-Golden State game, and I was listening to the Memphis Grizzlies radio network, and I wish we had the full two-minute call. I'm I'm actually looking for it for tomorrow's show. I don't know the Memphis play-by-play guy. I'm sure he's fantastic. But, dude, it was one of the best lead-ups I've ever heard. Here we go. Three seconds left. Analyst, it's an eternity. It's an eternity. They've got plenty of time to get a shot up. Everyone inside the FedEx Forum is standing, including us here at the table. This place is going crazy. And then... And then, well, guess which final call, Josh, is the final call of the Memphis Radio Network. I'll give you two options. Grizzlies break through. Bain's got to get it in. Gets it in for Clark. Bounces for Morant. Morant downhill to the rim. Lays it up. Too strong. Ball game. Warriors win it. Morant didn't get enough body control to lay it in. Warriors win. 117-116. All right, so there's guess number one. Here's, here's guess number two. Bounce pass over to Morant. He'll drive in. Scoop is up. No good. Rebound. Wiggins. The Warriors win. The Warriors win. Memphis got the look they wanted. And Morant couldn't finish it. And Golden State captures game one with Draymond Green in the locker room. You know, that was a – because it happened so quick, it's tough for either of the two radio calls to just – Deliver perfection on that. That was a much more difficult lay-in for John Morant than either of those two radio calls. Thank you. By the way, Grizzlies behind door number one, Warriors (laughs) behind door number two, the radio networks. But that was a much, much more difficult end-of-game layup for uh, John Morant than either of those two calls did justice for. How about Clay Thompson missing both free throws to even set up that situation? That was kind of wild. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, John Moran afterwards, here's the little Q&A about Draymond Green. And what was the conversation, just going back to the whole Draymond situation, like do you, do you address that at halftime, how you could take advantage of him not being there? Nah. <laughs> That's what I just said. We, we had the same game plan. No Draymond or no, no Draymond. Pretty much the same thing. Okay. Meanwhile, Draymond Green, of course, took to his uh, podcast, which is on Colin, Colin Cowher's volume. Which I'm sure Colin Coward would be okay with Baker Mayfield doing a post-game podcast after he just got kicked out of the game. But anyway. Now let's really talk about what everyone's here for. What, you know, what everyone wants to talk about. Which is me getting ejected for, I'm not quite sure for what, but um, for a foul. Very interesting one. You know, you know, one thing about that foul is I actually tried to hold him up and well I wasn't told anything because I left the court but guys were told I was I was ejected for throwing him down which was very interesting because I mean even once he hit the ground I still was holding his jersey I mean at this point I kind of expect things like that like I've been suspended from game five of the NBA finals do you do you think I, for one second, don't believe I would get kicked out of game one of the second round. Not surprising to me at all. Not not, not one bit. Then why would you put yourself in that position, you dope? I mean. <laughs> and Draymond still just doesn't get, you know, like the why me act. Stop oh it. Gosh. I mean, come on, Draymond. 
who he has been over the course of his career. It's I'm sorry, you're a marked man. You are. You made it this way. Not anybody else. The contact in total was considered unnecessary and excessive, which leads to a flagrant foul penalty, two, and an ejection. The question from the pool reporter was then asked, what did you see that made the call a flagrant two instead of a flagrant one? Quote, well, there were a couple things. The first part was the wind-up and significant contact to the face, and then the pull-down from the jersey, grab and thrown down to the floor to an airborne vulnerable player makes the necessary that unnecessary and excessive. That's what led to the flagrant foul penalty, too. There you go. Meanwhile, in the other game, it was just pure domination from the Milwaukee Bucks who smoked, I mean, absolutely positively smoked the Boston Celtics yesterday. So I, I'm not trying to gauge too much. You know me. I don't want to be a knee-jerk reaction after one game of the playoffs. But I would say, Josh, it's um, <laughs> it looks like it's going to be kind of challenging for the Boston Celtics, who lost 101-89 in Game 1. Warriors ended up winning 117-116, two games tonight. Suns-Mavericks get their series underway at 9 o'clock on TNT, 630 for the 76ers and the Heat. Big story, number three. Number three. Oh. Dude. Dude, dude, how about the performance this weekend from the OU baseball game? Huh? Dude. (laughs) I mean, I got to tell you something. It is, without a doubt, one of the more dominating performances I've seen with that caveat of the tough loss on Sunday. But how are you feeling? Um, about OU baseball now going forward. What is it, TCU this weekend? Tough one in Dallas Baptist on Tuesday. I think I went down to DBU a couple of years ago when Kyler Murray hit one to the moon. But that's uh, that's going to be tough, and that's a big, massive RPI game for them. They're playing well, man. Seven of their last nine, Oklahoma has won. You're right, Dallas Baptist. Uh, the fact that it's on the road, too, gives you a really good RPI-enhancing uh, you know, opportunity here tomorrow night beginning uh, 6 o'clock with the pregame 6.30 first pitch. Man, uh, where are they at in the RPI rankings? They were like right there, you know, around 30, I think, going into uh, the start of yesterday. So they're they're pretty safely, you know, most places you look, they're pretty safely in the bracket. And, man, if they beat Dallas Baptist tomorrow night, barring some sort of, you know, late season collapse, I think they've pretty well locked themselves in. I I do, too. I do, too. Well done. Uh, meanwhile, after the game, where is my Skip Johnson interview? After the game, Skip caught up with Toby Rowland on Sunday. Now, a little bit of frustration after the loss on Sunday, but... It is over in Norman. K-State wins the finale 8-7. to We're on the field with Skip Johnson. Post-game interview brought to you by Brahms. Uh... Coach, I know this one's going to sting a bit today. Oh, well, I mean, you just lose it from the mound side. we got to be able to uh, maintain a lead and just make quality pitches when we got to. I thought uh, um, in the first inning, you know, um, he got a little out of character, uh, got 0-2 and went to end up walking him. They did a good situational, uh, stole, get a stolen base out of it, and they get a run. Uh, we come in and score some runs. We should have kept taxing on as we – but we lost the momentum there. Uh, right at the end, we have a, two pass balls to take us out of a double play situation and uh, uh, just fundamentally, and just didn't hit locations, they took advantage of it. 
first things first, uh, Cade gave you a couple of innings today. He stayed in to hit, so I assume he came out feeling okay? Yeah, he felt great, which is a good sign. Trevin's been outstanding for you in every role this year. Just not his A stuff today, did you feel like? Well, I thought they did some good. T I mean, you saw his A stuff in the, when it mattered in the ninth, too. It mattered all day, but uh, uh, I think he buckled down in the ninth, and, uh, uh, you know, we got taxed a little bit there uh, on a short start, and that's what's going to happen on a Sunday. There you go. Um, kind of tough. But, again, a win's a win. Uh, and they want two or three. So you take that series. It's a big deal to me, Josh. Again, I know I know it's frustrating because you want the sweep and it's right there in front of you. But you win two of three. You beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Big one with Dallas Baptist tomorrow. Go down to Fort Worth. Take care of TCU. I mean, you gotta you got to feel pretty good about the direction that they're headed right now, even with the Sunday frustration. No doubt, yeah. Another series win in the Big 12 and sitting at number 30 in the RPI. So mm -hmm. looking good. Big story, number two. Number two. So, uh, big news breaking during the broadcast on Sunday, thanks to Pat and Toby Baldwin for allowing us to announce it on the Sooner Radio Network. Oklahoma softball on Thursday night will shift to a 7 p.m. start on ESPN. Big deal. Um, I think I've got this queued up right. After the game yesterday, after talking to Coach Gasso, I caught up with Lindsey Elam. Bye, Jimmy Austin, you player of the game. Lindsey Elam, congratulations, Lindsey. Take me through that fourth inning and the need to, to get a two-out hit to get this offense going. Yeah, um, just not trying to do anything more than what we were talking about, just making adjustments and continuing to try to hit the ball hard. Sometimes that's just how the game works. Those first few innings, we're hitting the ball hard, but it's right two people, and Kansas is making really good plays out there. But just trying to make that adjustment and um, see the difference in the outcome there um, up the plate. You know, we talking to coach about it but it's it'd be natural to get frustrated in some of those situations as a leader as a three-year captain how do you not allow that to happen I mean, we're hitting the ball hard. That's just how the game works sometimes, and just reminding people that, that we can only control what we can control, and we can't control what happens on the other end. But when we're hitting the ball hard, we know that it'll fall at some point. So just reminding people to continue to hit the ball hard, and it'll come at some point. How have you liked the adjustment to first at times out there? Yeah, I like it, being on the other side. I haven't been over there, honestly, since, like, high school, but it's been fun. It's been fun getting to be on that side with some being next to Tiara, you know, having different people behind us, working with the pitchers. I've enjoyed getting to learn that side of the field. You know, there's a part of me that it's wild to think this was your final road trip in a Sooner uniform. What were those emotions and that energy like today? Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. The whole weekend we did a lot um, of celebrations, a lot of fun stuff after the games and everything. It's just so much fun to enjoy with the team and just remember to cherish every, cherish every moment and just take it all in and just, um, obviously we're not done yet, so there's nothing sad going on just yet, but we're we're just having a lot of fun along the way and remembering, kind of cherishing what's what's been going on in our season thus far. All you've done in your career is when Big 12 championship. So how exciting is it to have that opportunity at home against Oklahoma State, knowing there's a lot of that Elam kin that might be Oklahoma State fans. we got to turn them this week, right? Yeah, absolutely no. When it comes to it, they're wearing OU for softball. But no, we're so excited. Um, the Home Run Village is to have OSU coming. we got Senior Weekend. It's going to be so much fun. We're very excited for this. Yeah, there you go. Lindsey Elam. Good stuff postgame. OU, OSU. Big 12 championship on the line Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 7 o'clock first pitch now on Thursday on ESPN, 6 o'clock on Friday, and then a unique 4 o'clock start on Saturday, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Oh, are we late. So let's get a timeout when we come back. We'll talk about the NFL draft. We'll hear a little bit from Perrion Winfrey and Nick Benito as well right here on the Plank Show. Welcome back into the Plank Show. We are on the road on this rainy Monday in Norman 
for one of our annual stops. We're at the Norman Board of Realtors annual golf tournament. We're at the Trails Golf Club. They're playing. You know what that says to me, Josh? That tells you how great of a job the grounds crew out here at the Trails have done to prepare this course for any and all conditions. Because I'm not going to lie. Whenever I was driving over here at 8 a.m. this morning, I was like, we're not playing golf today. <laughs> I'm wasting a trip here. But uh, it's not a wasted trip. And they got their live auctions that are going to be taking place later today. You can be a part of it. Or I should say they're silent auctions that are taking place. You can be a part of it. Swing by the trails. And appreciate Dr. Nick coming on with us, Millie who is – just absolutely fantastic. We, we were bragging about Dr. Nick the whole time uh, after we chatted with him. And he's always one of those guys when you talk to him and you realize, man, I need more. I'm going to talk to more Dr. Nick. Um, anything really surprised you from the draft sooner-wise this weekend? If you missed it, Nick Benito was a Bronco, a second-round pick. Brian Osamoa went in the third round of the Vikings. Perrion Winfrey lasted until day three to the Broncos with one of the first picks of the fourth round. DeLaren Turner-Yell is a Bronco. He went to the Broncos in the fifth round. Mike Woods is a Brown. He went to Cleveland in the sixth round with a 24th overall pick. Isaiah Thomas is a Brown. He went in the seventh round. And Marquise Hayes is on his way to Arizona, as is Laron Stokes as an undrafted free agent. Kennedy Brooks as an undrafted free agent to Philadelphia. And who am I missing out? Ty- Tyrese uh, Robinson. Tyrese Robinson on his way to Washington as an undrafted free agent. And, as we know, on the move is one Marquise Brown. He's also headed to Arizona after the Ravens traded a first-round pick and a late-round selection to – or I'm sorry, after Arizona traded its first-round pick and a late-round uh, selection. Baltimore also gave up a pick in this deal to get Marquise Brown to Arizona. Anything really surprise you? I think in a positive way – DeLaren Turner yell that that was a nice surprise to see him go in the fifth round to the Denver Broncos um I, I think just kind of in general the fact that we had both Bonito and DTY go to the Broncos and then the trio of Perion Winfrey and Michael Woods and Isaiah Thomas go to the Cleveland Browns the fact that we had five players go to two different NFL franchises. I thought that was a little surprising that both of those two franchises respectively were kind of all in on Oklahoma here. I thought that was uh, was pretty interesting. You know, I I wasn't as surprised as maybe others that Perrion Winfrey plummeted the way that he did. That was not the biggest surprise for me for Oklahoma. I think that probably some NFL teams saw the senior bowl, and that week and the Senior Bowl MVP performance for Perrion Winfrey, and that was really, really impressive. But then I think they flipped on the tape of this past season at Oklahoma and saw a guy that unfortunately, whether you want to sit there and call it, you know, scheme at times of Alex Grinch's defense, maybe not always setting up Perrion Winfrey or others in the best spot. I think they saw Perrion Winfrey at times go kind of missing. Yeah. And I think that was a problem for some NFL teams. You know, it's funny. You you go crazy in a situation like, say, the Combine, a Senior Bowl, uh, any showcase, and it causes teams to say, 
huh, that Winfrey guy looked pretty impressive. Get one of our area scouts to watch some of his tape and see what we come away with. And it can be both good and bad. And, and maybe in the case of Perrion, Josh, you hit it on the head. They were wowed with what they saw at the Senior Bowl. And then when they went back and they started diving into the last couple of seasons, maybe there were some concerns with the way that he would disappear at times. But he seemed fired up, man. He dropped about five bombs in the middle of his press conference. He was so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, how about the Cleveland Browns trying to kiss up to OU fans? Drafting three dudes? Bringing Isaiah Thomas? Or trying to rub Baker's nose in it. Which was it? <laughs> and, and, of course, therein lies the big story that comes out of this week and beyond the Sooners that got drafted. What is the future of Baker? Cleveland continues to – I mean, I can't think of any other way to put it, but they really are screwing up things for him. Carolina had a deal in place to bring Baker to Carolina from Cleveland. And Cleveland balked on the split as far as the $16 million was concerned. And so what did Carolina do? They went and they moved up and got Matt Corral. Who, by the way, did you see all the trash that got leaked on Corral right before the draft? What was coming out? He started a fight. Um, he's, he's been a problem. In fact, and you know how drafts are. He got a fight with Wayne Gretzky's kid when they were in high school. <laughs> oh, man. In, uh, in high school? I know. Man, that's going to be a yeah. real problem, isn't it? I need to get rid of this guy. He's aloof. He's a party animal. Uh, the I mean, all these things, I'm like, where does this come from? But is he talented? Is he talented? Can he play? Oh, dude. I got my Rajak. I got my gear. Oh, let's go. I've got some gear and some cup holders for you, Josh. Let's go. <laughs> he stole my spot, too. Dude's sharp. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I guess at the core of it, getting back to Baker, I don't know why. Well, and right now, these other franchises, they know that you want to get rid of Baker Mayfield and you want some sort of return on it. And you're not going to get it. Right. You're not going to get it because they have that leverage over you. Probably, really, you had a pretty good deal from Carolina that that if you know all of those reports are true and you turned it down, that might be the final good offer you get. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe Cleveland in this situation, which you know I don't know, it's hard to imagine a franchise operating this way just to be vindictive, but maybe they are vindictive enough to. Uh, to kind of just basically eat this situation and say, you know what, no big deal. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that they're thinking of operating that way. Yeah. I, I think that they're just a little out over the top of their skis here, thinking that they're going to get a better deal than is realistic in this situation. Everybody knows <laughs> that you went and traded for uh, Deshaun Watson. Everybody knows you don't plan on Baker Mayfield being your quarterback moving forward. And they also know that Baker Mayfield doesn't want to play quarterback for you. So, I mean, if you've got a deal in place, you might as well just cut bait and, you know, take what you can get. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I will say this. I think he'd be a great fit in Seattle. I know that you think Seattle's tanking, uh, and I really can't argue with it. But, man, I think he'd be a great fit in Seattle. I really do. Oh, uh, Drew England just pointed out. I, I forgot Jeremiah Hall to the Giants. I apologize. So, Jay Hall – uh, getting an opportunity with the Giants. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, you know, he's not going to be an H-back at the next level. Looks like he's going to be a tight end. 
but I don't know if you could find a much better place than what Brian Dayball has done with his tight ends. Maybe Baltimore. By the way, Baltimore had a really good draft, but every single person, the Baltimore Ravens do like one thing in the draft. Oh, oh the Ravens. God. What's what's the meme where the guys are, like, all falling down? I mean, that's like the <laughs> national media. Whoa. Every, oh, my gosh, the Ravens. They took Tyler Linderbaum, and they had <laughs> Kyle Hamilton already. <laughs> Meanwhile, they've got a Pro Bowl center, and they are a Pro Bowl tight end, and they draft two of them. But, oh, it's a great place for tight ends. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> the Raiders draft two running backs, and it's like, what are they doing? Um, all right, there's some really good tweets that are rolling in, attacks rolling into the air, comfort solutions. <laughs> that is a very we'll good to. point you've made. Every time. The Ravens have become what Belichick used to be on draft day. Now because the the, uh, the Patriots haven't done anything the last couple of years, suddenly it's not brilliant to go get a projected third-round pick in the first round anymore. Oh, wow, the show's almost over. Two segments left. We'll come back and hit the air, comfort solutions, text line, plus a little news to wrap it up. Good news, Josh. We're getting a a pretty good response to my plan for who should come to the uh, one hundred twenty five thousand person Ace Base concert. Yeah, that's right, Ace of Base. <laughs> Ace Base. There's a couple bangers at Ace of Base drop now. Don't you be hating on them. What uh? It's, what is their most popular song? Uh, either I saw the sign. That's what I thought. Okay. Or I don't even know what the name of the song was. I think it was All That She Wants Is Another Baby. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, good. I mean, they're all clean. There's it, no dirty words. It opened them. up my eyes. I yeah. saw the sign. All, and, and whenever – I don't know I'm going to talk about it, but when I, when I was in college, I came home, and my buddy was a DJ on one of the local college stations – and I remember taking in a CD of Ace of Base and saying, bro, you got to play this. It was literally like one of the radio movies that you see on TV where someone runs in with a record. like, here's the hottest new song. You got to play this. And I thought I was being real cool. I'm like, you got to play this. And like the CD player wouldn't work. <laughs> and he was like stuck. I didn't know what to do. I mean, all I knew to talk about was sports. So good times. Ace of Base. I can honestly say I tried to bring Ace of Base to local college radio in Alton, Illinois, Josh. I tried. Um, there you go. There you go. Children of the 90s, stand up. Um, did you say we uh, that I was mispronouncing Ray Jack? Is that correct or wrong? Uh, yeah. <laughs> According to the... Air Comfort Solutions text line, that would be correct. Which, hey, we're all okay. here for corrections on the Air Comfort Solutions <laughs> text line, 405-651-3439. I love it. All right, um, let's see here. Where do we, where do we want to start here on that Air Comfort Solutions text line? Um, here's one, because I think this is good to throw on the air. Did I hear last week you say scholarships are being dropped or it's a proposal in the NIL deal? I, I've been guilty of this. Sometimes you hear something on the radio and someone calls you and you're like, wait, what is that? Um, no, no, no. The issue that appears to be on the front burner is a possibility of dropping scholarship limits for partial scholarship sports. Um, 
full rides for all players. Just a proposal right now, but again, something that factors in budgetarily. You know, the NCAA can say, this is what we're going to do for every sport, and you might have schools like Wisconsin did with the extra year of eligibility that were like, what's the great Magic Johnson? I ain't going to be here, though. Like, you, that is you one of the fantastic – you know what? That's not at the very top, but that's a pretty darn good press conference moment. I was so triggered by that. Um, here's one for the 918. Great news on ESPN covering softball, and it's a damn shame softball overall isn't on TV more. ESPN and Fox Sports should be ashamed. Thank goodness for Sooner Sports TV. You know what? I got to say, and, and I hear what they're saying for sure. Right. I mean, I look, I'd, I'd like for every Oklahoma softball game to be televised on, whether it's a local station or ESPN, whatever. I think softball, like to me, I feel like there's a lot of times pretty much always a softball game on somewhere now. Yeah, I I don't I don't have a I don't have a problem with it. Now again, I I come at it from a very spoiled perspective because I'm at every game. But yeah, I I think with and and thinking about the future with the SEC network and and SEC plus and uh you're going to get more games on TV. I also would would say I think ESPN does an incredible job televising softball. I really do. Yeah, um, they've they've got a pretty serious commitment to the sport. So and and I, I'll I'll be ripping them for some something they do sure. here shortly, I'm sure. But generally speaking, yeah, they they do a really good job with it. I I want to see more softball, but I mean the reality is I'll get a lot of people like for instance this weekend. I saw someone was mad uh they were mad about like Auburn and LSU or maybe LSU was playing Florida this weekend, um, and they were mad. It's like, I can't believe that LSU and Florida is on TV and Oklahoma and Kansas isn't. Well, again. (laughs) You're right. We want to watch Oklahoma, but Florida LSU is a heck of a lot better series. We we are talking about, like, 10 versus 15 as opposed to number one versus, like, number 121. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, I just. Number one versus, you know, like. 3A high school. Um, Here's an interesting angle on it um, from the 405. I'd prefer ESPN not show any OU sports because their analysts are biased to every team playing OU. It's like they want us to lose everything. You you must be a blast. (laughs) You and I would have a great time watching a game together, but I don't think anyone would like watching it with us. They're out to get us. Fire and brimstone. You know, I, I will say, I do think there's just kind of a natural. I, I think that happens naturally with broadcasters when you're number one. I think you know it just comes across that way that you're pulling for the upset. Um, here's here's two days. Here here's two texts back to back. I'm not taking it. No longer a Browns fan. I'm burning my only Browns T-shirt when Baker is officially let go. And then ten minutes later, actually, I don't know how you guys feel, but. I think my fandom for the Browns has been restored just because they drafted three Sooners. Do you think oh, we oh, can? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but my fandom for the Browns wasn't restored just because they drafted three Sooners. Still can't stand the organization. Do we know where the controlled burn is happening for all of the uh, Browns jerseys? Dude, let's go. We could we could make some money on that somehow. Uh, give me $1 and I'll safely burn your jersey for you. There's enough Cleveland Browns jerseys out there. I'm sure it could happen. All right, uh, listen, we got a break. Come back, wrap it up. It's a plank show.
Sign. There was one Not more. This. They had one. They had one called. They called one called "Don't Turn Around." It's terrible though. I do know "Don't Turn Around." Yeah, yeah. This um, is pretty funky. It, it's it it jams here in a second. I don't I don't know if we have time to wait for it to get there or not. But here it's right here. Yeah, okay. Can, yeah. 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 Let's yeah, wait for the hook. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll bump it up. Here you go. Right here. It's good. I hope this is stuck in y'all's head all day. Okay, according to a report, um, let's see, when did this oh, drop? Man. Late yesterday afternoon. This is from Carlo Veltri. He's writing that Addison is rumored to be receiving a little less than $3 million plus a house in SoCal from USC Boosters via an NIL funding vehicle. If that report is true, he'll make more than the Steelers' second-round wide receiver pick, George Pickens, and have a 2022 compensation package on par with Kenny Pickett the 20th overall pick in the NFL. Now, you – I mean, I'm going – I'm like, hey, listen, Pitt, it's been great. I'm out. But it's still it's, – it's like, is this, is this what we wanted? Was this our goal Well, NIL? And I thought Sean had the best text of the day. I mean, is, is this the direction we want to go? Pitt just can't replace someone – Though they aren't Oklahoma, this is a bigger issue. 100 teams can't just be farm clubs for 10. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what it looks like it's turning into. Gosh, look at basketball right now. It's crazy. Uh, thanks to the Norman Board of Realtors for always having us out to this event. It's one of my favorites. Thanks to the trails. Uh, appreciate Dr. Nick Miliorino for being on with us. And we'll be back in studio finally tomorrow, Josh. In studio, let's go. For Josh Homer, I'm Chris Plank. Steely and Thune at noon or next, right here on the Home Series.